this time on Holy Ghost Notes. You're an amazing drummer. I'm playing y'all this whole time. There it is. I'm a little jealous, not gonna lie. They're wearing a garbage bag. I hope this works. Let's get hyped. Yo, what's good in the hood? This is Tim and Matt, and this is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. Thank you for listening. Matt, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing well. I haven't had my coffee yet, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> mm, that's tough. But, yeah. Yeah. I just, um, well, we both just woke up, I assume. This is yes. a couple, couple days uh, after our episode was recorded with Courtney, and as is usually the case, it's busy. So mm-hmm. last night we're like, hey, we should get this recorded tonight, <laughs> and um, I had some other stuff I needed to get done. Yeah. So then you're like, let's do it seven o'clock tomorrow morning. And at, at first I was like, sure, that's great. And then I realized how late <laughs> it was going to be. So even seven thirty <laughs> feels early. The daylight savings uh, change really affects mm. me the older I get. Is yep. it is it the case for you too? Oh yeah, I'm still thrown off. It's been what two weeks yeah. now, and uh, every day, uh, well, it feels like my day goes faster, which is nice for the work day in some cases, right. and in other cases, it's like oh crap, I only have an hour left in the day and I have two hours left of work to do. Uh, so yeah. it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely thrown me off. But my my whole sleep schedule has been so out of whack with the baby and, you know, it's so, it's all just a big a big mess right yeah. now <laughs> as are far you as getting sleep is concerned. five or six hours a night? Are you getting that or are you getting less? Or At, at this point, probably. Uh, yeah, like, okay. like, couple weeks in it was uh it started getting pretty rough you know like okay. a few hours a night yeah. if that you know but uh but yeah at this point I think we've kind of normalized a little bit more and mm-hmm. so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I was with a couple the other week and um they were telling me um well it just left me with the impression that it is hard to be a parent and there are factors in being <laughs> a mom or a dad that you just don't think about unless you are one. Yeah. So they were saying for the first, I forget how many months of their, um, I think it was their, their daughter, which is their, their, so their oldest is a son and they have a daughter mm-hmm. and their daughter just had a rough time and mm-hmm. they were getting, um, two to three hours a night. Mm. Yeah. And so what I had never thought about is that, um, the husband would leave for work in the morning and the wife would stay home with the two kids and he's exhausted, but he's going out to work and he's not, you know, yeah. in charge of anybody else per se, but she still has to keep the house intact mm. and be a bomb yeah. and do all that on two to three hours of sleep. That's brutal. And they did it, you know, and it was cool because um, their kids are so incredible. Mm. Just a couple of years later, their their kids uh, once, you know, a tough nightmare to deal with are now like pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, and and intelligent, and uh, they behave themselves, and it was just really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it is crazy. I mean, even as a parent, like doing it with the first one, it's still so drastically different than the second one. Uh, and just in general, having two is like a game changer. It's like, it's not, it's just t- completely different. 
But yeah. there's things that I forgot about from uh, when Caden, my first son, uh, there's things I forgot about from his infancy mm-hmm. that I'm now remembering. Like, I did not plan for this. I am not, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there's definitely, like, there's 100% like a second child syndrome, you know. Hmm. Like, even we were hanging out with a, a friend of ours who just had a baby uh, a, a couple weeks after we had Nolan. And, uh, you know, they would not put him down. He he was in sight at all times. And, like, Nolan was, like, in the corner somewhere still in his car seat because he was asleep and we didn't want to wake him up. And we just were like, yeah, he's fine over there. Like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? And it was like this, I was, like, remembering, like, yeah, with with Caden, that would not have been the case. He would have been, if right. he was still in the car seat, he would have been right in front of us. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have been looking at him every few seconds to make sure he was okay. And it's just, it's just totally different, you know, how you, uh, how you parent changes and, you know, it's like out of necessity, you know. So it's been, it's been a fun experience overall. We've been yeah. learning a lot. And despite the yeah. lack, lack of sleep, it, it has been, yeah. uh, it has been fun. So, yeah. Well, while well, you make cute kids, it's, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm excited for you guys that even in, in the midst of all the, you know, the challenges you guys have had that you, that you have two healthy, you know, beautiful kids. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you. At the end of the day, you know, kind of to what I was saying earlier, like for a time it can be tough. If you could just hang in there and stick with it and put your head down, you know, give it a couple of years and your circumstances can change completely. Yeah. And um, that's true and seems to be true in parenthood. Like I said, I wouldn't know, but it seems <laughs> to be true. But it's it's certainly true in my own life in other ways. Yeah. Where if you're going through something difficult, if you just give it a little time and hang in there, um, you know, it does, it does, things do change and they yeah. change more than you think they do. And you can learn a lot through those challenging times about your, yourself and other people. And that's right. That's, that's important. Life isn't supposed to be easy. Uh, it wouldn't, there, there wouldn't be as much value in life if it was mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that as a parent, you're wishing it was when you're waking up at like, what is it like one in the morning, two in the morning? <laughs> I mean, how much it, <laughs> How much into your sleep schedule are you waking up? Is it like right away? Is it, is it a couple hours in? Uh, it's all the time. Well, so I think I told you with with Nolan, it was he had a, a lip tie, he had two tongue ties, a lip tie, and and two cheek ties. Right. So we had to get those <laughs> oh like week goodness. two. We had to get those lasered, like it's like a water laser or something, and they they you know make so they made five incisions and then. For the next three weeks, every four hours, that's every four hours throughout the night as well, we would have to do these exercises to stretch those areas because uh, the mouth heals so quickly. Um, so we had to like basically do these exercises in his mouth, which he was not happy about, um, just to keep those areas healing properly. Right. And um, so what, what happened in a lot of cases is, like, I mean, he was trying to adjust our sleep schedule because, you know, we're up throughout the day and it's bright out. And, you know, so he was waking up throughout the night, but like random times. Um, but then we would probably like what happened a lot of the time is like, all right, four hours of sleep. That doesn't sound too bad. Like a broken up night isn't that bad, except we would get him to sleep. And then like an hour later, we'd have to wake him up for his exercises. <laughs> and then he'd be up for a few hours. You know, we'd be trying to get him back down and then he'd fall asleep and then an hour later we'd have to wake him up for his exercises so it was like 
we were getting like an hour here and then skip a couple hours and then an hour here. Um, and this was mostly, I, I'm not going to take credit for any of this because this was mostly my wife that had right. to handle this. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was brutal. But so we're out of that now. Yesterday was the, or Monday was the last day. That's awesome. Of those exercises. So um, we've already gotten significantly more sleep <laughs> uh, because Jeez. of that. So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but every, every, you know, every experience is different with every kid. And, um, I guess the, the main takeaway is that there is a light yeah. at the end of the tunnel, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's all worth it in the end, mm-hmm. you know, it's Absolutely. hard for a time. And then, uh, the reward is much greater than the trial. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some cool insight there from uh, from a young dad. So I appreciate that, Tim. I'll, uh, I don't always have this outlook, but for right now, yeah, for I'm, right I'm now sticking to that. <laughs> we caught you on a good morning. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me on a good day for sure. <laughs> uh, what what have you been up to, man? What's new with you? I know you've been busy. I've been busy. Yeah, um, not any busier than than usual though. Okay. Um, so I my soccer league started back up. I play nice. every Tuesday night with a soccer league. Yes, it's a bunch of friends and myself. Um, none of us are all that great. Some of us are better than others. But uh, I just wrote a, I just wrote the the drum track for our theme song. And you might ask, why do we need a theme song? We're a soccer team. But <laughs> there's a gentleman who plays with us um, who owns a clothing company and he's he's very good with marketing he has a podcast he came up with the name swamp dragons swamp dragons for our soccer team <laughs> this is like maybe three or four years ago so nice. i was joking around with with him and my other friend sean and was saying we should write a song um just for fun it's got to be like a, a pop punk yeah maybe even like bouncing souls blink 182 sounding song <laughs> i, like I said but the role for myself is going to be that i I have to write and record it in one take. That's the that's the only way this is allowed. So I sat down <laughs> and pushed record. I sat here for like maybe 30 seconds and thought about what I wanted the structure to be and then I recorded this awful drum track. <laughs> it's about a minute and 50 seconds long. Bounced it, sent it to Sean and Sean's writing guitars for it. Nice. <laughs> And it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. But probably but one of the funnest things that you've written in a long time, right? <laughs> certainly low pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's sort of what I've been up to. That that took all of two minutes. Um, but the, <laughs> but cool. the soccer team started up last night again. ABR is doing some stuff. Um, obviously, we have some stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. And then my website is I've, – I have some new – New content going up there pretty nice. soon. Nice. So. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, That's and exciting. farming starts up pretty soon. I mean, it's March 24th today, 25th yeah. tomorrow. We'll be we'll be farming in about a month. Yeah. We'll start. Heading into Q2. Starts to kick everything into gear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as it gets nice outside, oh, you and can it's really been feel so it nice. kick into gear. It has been so nice. Yeah. The weather does so much for me mentally. I know we've talked about this before, but like just that switch to yeah. the sixty degree weather, man, it just 
it's makes a world of difference even when i'm not outside just like looking outside and knowing that it's nice out i know it's game changer it really is <laughs> it's great yeah so we've got we've got an awesome episode for you guys today um mm-hmm. we have courtney grinwis who uh matt texted me uh i guess we were kind of about at the crunch time for this episode and um I had a couple topic ideas in mind, and Matt texts saying, hey, we're going to have Courtney Grinwis on. This is not something that we had talked about prior, and <laughs> not a guest that we had on the list of suggestions, um, but a guest that we were able to squeeze in. And uh, believe it or not, Courtney's been um, a drummer that I've looked up to for a long time, um, little to, uh, to Matt's knowledge. <laughs> um, I had no idea. So That's it cool. worked out really well. I was, you know, It was a great conversation, and... Um, She's just such a down-to-earth person, um, yeah. and one thing I love about this this podcast is that uh, a lot of these guest interviews, um, I mean, what what you hear as listeners is, um, you know, a great conversation, um, but there's there's stuff that happens before we hit record and after we hit record, um, and I just love how a lot of these guests actually end up becoming friends of mine. Mm-hmm. after the fact you know there's text conversations happening before and then you know uh, I do a lot of the graphics and like scheduling these things and getting things approved with them afterwards so there's a lot of texting and you know um, and that usually leads to additional conversations or additional uh, friendships so mm-hmm. um, that's been something I guess behind the scenes that I've been benefited from personally is just I'm growing um I'm growing in friendships, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and Courtney is no different. Um, uh, you know, I feel like I walked away with a new friend, and and um, yeah, she's just so cool, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. So, yeah. absolutely, yeah, it was a blast having her on. She, she's she's funny. She yeah. is, she's <laughs> always had this spark about her yeah. that sets her apart, drumming in the drumming world, and just her personality in general. Mm-hmm. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one yeah for sure well let's get right to it everybody Courtney Grinwis going on this is the holy ghost notes and today we have a very special guest courtney grinwis courtney how you doing i'm doing so well you guys awesome it's very great. honored to be very honored to be a part of this absolutely it's great to have you i'm not yeah. i'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to speak in a british accent you're just talking <laughs> about how not yet how, at least not yet <laughs> yeah we'll wait till like the half hour mark yeah perfect perfect <laughs> we'll be we'll be fresh by then we'll be ready i think to you should just slowly right. transition into the british accent throughout the episode see if anyone notices okay. <laughs> or we maybe we can start that. over and start that way and see how you long. Just straight up British. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, "Holy shit!" I had no idea. I'm playing y'all this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> A Dallas. Well, Texas thank you so much Brit. for joining us. This is just. Uh, 
it's it's cool how last minute uh, some of this stuff turns out. In fact, most of the time our guests are kind of a last minute appearance, and I appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Thanks, thanks for joining us. I want to yeah. start off by going back six years. Yes. Uh, actually, almost seven years. I so Grinder Kilmer sold you a drum, right? Yep. And uh, I wanted to see you play it. I wanted to see how it you know sounded. Of course, I wanted to see you. So I drove to Philly which is about an hour and a half away from me. And um, you guys were playing in this in this small small venue, and I remember yeah. it being packed. And as I was thinking about this, it's it's hard to imagine a small room packed with people right now, right? It's mm. 2021. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. It's It's been a long time like, since no, we've been. like, no, where's the hand sanitizer? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we were, all packed in this room. And after the show, I helped you carry gear out to the sidewalk um, because if you're playing a small venue, uh, typically if you're a band other than the headliner, right? There's there's nowhere for you to put your gear inside. It's a complete the, the club. nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. So you're it's like, okay, the crowd that we just played for, that just liked our show or loved our show, right? We just played five or six songs. Now we're asking them to move out of the way as quickly as possible <laughs> and as nicely as possible. We're asking them to just sort of create this pass so we Make can get this gear yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Make way as you're as you're like drenched in sweat. Yep. It's sweat. From head to toe. <laughs> and you like you can't even hold on to your stands because it's like yep. slipping out of your hands. It's just it's it's a really fun time. <laughs> so I appreciated your help so yeah, much. That you, of course. That so out. I wanted to talk about the experience of going to a show as a musician um where you weren't the one performing. So uh Here's how I started off, and then I want to see what you have to say about this. So I went to see a day to remember recently, well, about two years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, the show was awesome. They they probably played for like five or six thousand people. I thought they sounded incredible. I thought they were really tight. And afterwards, I was in the dressing room, and I went up to Alex. I was like, "Hey, man, that was that was awesome. You guys played really, really well tonight." And he's like, "Nope, it was horrible." like couple words, you know, real short about it. And I could tell like he wasn't, he wasn't, um, he, it wasn't false humility. It wasn't like he couldn't take a compliment. It was like, he legitimately believed that he played a horrible show. Mm. Wow. And I am that same type of person. And I'm curious if it's a performer thing or if it's a personality thing, if you're the one playing, are you ever happy with your performance and do you take other people's compliment at their word? I think it's definitely a performer thing. Okay. I mean, out of, I, mean, I think it's just the perfectionist and the artist. I mean, you, you know, you're putting your heart and soul into something. And if it's not perfectly up to your standards, I mean, you're definitely the only one who's going to think that and the only one who's going to like circulate it in your mind and be like, what was that? That was a mess. But yeah. to anybody else, to the outside ear, they're like, that was phenomenal. But no, I definitely think that is a performer thing. Or even just an artist, like a, anyone creative will be mm -hmm. super like nitpicky about every like detail in the set when no one else is thinking about that. Right. So, that. so do you remember a time when you played a show and you were, you were thrilled with your performance? Like you walked off stage and you're like, I, I killed it. I played well. And if anybody says otherwise... I know with such confidence I played well that their their criticism of me won't even tear down the fact that I feel like I played well. Yes. There, okay, so that's there good. Was, <laughs> I would say more times than not, 
I'm I'm in the other boat where you're like that was horrible, everything went wrong, blah blah blah. Me but too. when you do have those shows that feel so right, like they they stand out more than anything else. Yeah. And when you asked that, I my first thought went to a show in Germany that we played. Um, it was probably about two years ago from now. It was probably one of the biggest international shows we've played. We were on tour with Sleeping Sirens at the time. Love that band. Um, <sighs> and I think it was because I went to the gym earlier that day, but I was just, I was feeling so good even before we got on stage. Like I had so much energy, my brain, I like, I just felt so clear and excited. I mean, usually I get, you know, pre-show jitters, but yeah. the show I was just like, Hey, I'm in Germany. I'm doing the damn thing. Let's, <laughs> let's play a kick-ass show. And I think just going in with that energy, like it was, it was like hands down my favorite show mm. I think I've ever played. And yeah, like I got off stage just so hyped and yeah. just so happy. And I was like, even if I, you know, screwed up a couple hits here and there, like I think just overall it was, it was really special to me. So yeah, if anyone came and said anything, I'd be like, piss off. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> Had a great time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I think that speaks to the mental part of drumming, uh, which we talk a lot about a lot on this podcast actually right tim mm -hmm. it's like oh, yeah. there is such a mental part to drumming which which everybody knows um whether you're a drummer and you know that from personal experience or whether you've heard people talk about it um it's it's so true actually in my drumming that i i for a time i stopped warming up before a show and my drum tech was like you should just get like a jump rope and you should just jump rope for 15 20 minutes um get sweaty get excited, get your heart beat up. Get and the I found, going. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I found in my, ex, in my experience, like if I'm excited to play the show, I'll probably play pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if I don't, to your point, like maybe you messed up a few things, you're still going to be excited about the show itself. And that translates in a huge way to the audience, right? If you're in it the really audience does. and you see the drummer, you see someone on stage, it doesn't matter who it is, you can you can you can tell if yeah. they're not yeah. excited to For be sure. up there, right? Mm -hmm. It's a whole energy type thing. Like it's it's so noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 not fun to watch a band who looks like they're being paid to play for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It doesn't want to be it's up very there. obvious when yeah. that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so what do you do on days where you just don't feel like playing drums i mean if you're playing five shows a week five on one off which is pretty typical for you know bands of our size yeah. um we don't have the luxury of going one on one off two on one off what do you do on days where you're just like i don't want to do this i think the biggest thing is just to realize that like it's okay to have those days and to feel you know even if you're physically there like it's okay to have those mental days where you're just like you know, I'm just not totally feeling it this like today, but I think that's completely okay. And that's very human for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like you can't be on, you can't be a hundred percent every day. That's just not how we work. Yeah. Um, but if I am like specifically having those days, I will definitely try to go for a run or even do some push-ups before, like you said, just to, like get your blood going, yeah. get the endorphins, yeah. get a little, get a little hot, all that type of thing, which yeah. typically yeah. tends to work. So it does. But yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's weird. You don't really think about that as a drummer or as a musician when you start playing that instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I remember setting up my practice pads and just playing in the trailer for like up upwards of like two hours, uh, thinking that I couldn't play or couldn't perform well unless I had gone over all the songs once. That's wild. See, mm-hmm. sometimes you know? and I did the same thing. I would just like wear myself out by the time we get on stage but then i think as you like kind of go on more and you play more shows i for me i feel like when i don't warm up i'm actually a little better because it's fresh like and like the too. excitement like hits you like a wall and you're like mm. okay i'm in let's go and you don't right. have the time to like overthink over prepare yourself right so right it's it's a balance i think yeah, yeah. what i used to do is uh like we always just it wasn't even about, and this is probably bad and why we never made it to a professional level, but <laughs> <laughs> my band was always just like, let's get hyped. Like yeah. the goal was not necessarily, like we wanted to play well, we wanted to put on a good show and sound good, but like it was almost more, there was more of an effort put into like going nuts on stage, jumping around as much as possible, flailing on the drums as much as possible. It was like about putting on a show for us and... Yeah. um so there was like a good like 20 minutes prior to every single show where we were just focusing <laughs> on getting hyped, like psyching yeah. each other out. Um, but uh, there's there's definitely like a, a mental uh, a mental piece to to that, you know. And it's been different in every single band I've been in too. There's different methods that everyone yeah. has to getting mentally prepared for uh, for playing a show, no matter what instrument you're doing. Um, yeah, vocalists no, actually typically, in my opinion. I've seen more uh, vocalists have like a routine that they have to stick to, you know, mm-hmm. um, not their being scales. able to, yeah, their scales mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, not, not drinking certain liquids or, or drinking certain liquids, <laughs> you know, breathing exercises, all kinds of stuff. It's like, it's intense. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's Carter. He's usually in the van doing his scales and yeah. won't let anybody else hear him, even though you step outside the van and you can clearly hear him <laughs> doing said scales. But as long as he doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What, but, what no, do you think, think? Yeah, go, yeah, for go it. ahead. I was going to say, um, and again, I think it kind of depends on the day. Like you said, um, you know, sometimes you don't need to warm up and you're just going to go with it. But then sometimes you kind of need those hype pre-shows. Mm-hmm. You definitely do. I mean, we have a playlist of, you know, five, ten songs that, like, get you so hype, and you're jumping, bouncing off walls, yep. <laughs> trying to, like, hype yourself up. So, you yeah. always got to pick that day. first intro song, right? Or intro, <laughs> like, music. You got to walk into the right song or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's important. Yeah. It <laughs> you is gotta very get, important. You got to get psyched up. <laughs> what do you think Agreed. it's been like going from playing shows and having that that dopamine dump and those endorphins to a year like 2020? Has it has it been difficult for you to not have that high, if you will? It was at first. Okay. It really was. I think, I mean, for everybody, it kind of hit us like a wall, you mm-hmm. know, and you're like, shit, I can't tour. I can't hang out with people. Like, what am I going to do with myself? Um, but I, I really do think that forced us to, you know, dig deeper into other things that we're doing and other things that have gotten like blown over in the past and find other outlets to be able to still get those endorphins going. I mean, that's why I've been going to the gym more, trying to run. I don't necessarily like running. I mean, who likes running? But, (laughs) you know, I like what it does to me. I like what it does to my head. So just 
yeah, and being able to explore and really branch out, I guess, find different ways. I think it's super important. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it is. I it, we we've talked about this too on this podcast, and it's reminded me of how true it is. Where as a musician, um, I have a theory that I think I think we experience a higher high, uh, natural high than what um, some other other people and other career paths experience. So let me explain. So. So like if you're my brother-in-law is a CPA. Okay. So right now he's in tax season. So he's sitting in a desk and he's working probably 12 hours a day right now. Right. And at the end of his day, maybe he's running a little bit and then he's going to bed. Um, when we're playing shows there, there is such an enormous amount of adrenaline that you're experiencing. It's constant. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're doing the meet and greet or whether you're, um, you're interacting with fans or you're doing press or you're around other people on the bus and there's, or you're having guests out and then the stage itself. So there's such a, there's such a level of high that I think it's, it's difficult, right? For musicians to come off of that and find a new standard. Like this is where I live now. I live at this level. It's like a five compared to the eight or nine that I was at when I was on tour. Mm-hmm. And I, th- wow. I think it's a lot of the reason why musicians struggle so much with a downtime where you Very don't true. have anything to do and then be a sustained amount of downtime like 2020 and 2021 so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary times. It really yeah. is. <laughs> it's it's and we didn't think up until this point, we didn't think that this would be possible for the touring industry to be shut down because typically when the economy takes a dump, the entertainment industry thrives because people are need that escape, need the struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, I have a hundred bucks. I'm going to go to the show and buy some merch and buy some booze. And it's so interesting. Like before all this happened, I mean, kind of like what you're saying, live music was always there and it was always Mm -hmm. going to be there because there's, nothing like going to a live show like you can't recreate that feeling even you know watching a youtube video of a live show like there's just nothing like it so right. i think humans will always crave that energy and so it was terrifying when like it shut down and then you know a lot of people started to like rebook shows for last fall and then those kept getting canceled and rescheduled and it was like shit man like what like when is it going to come back is it going to come yeah. back right so i feel like everyone was kind of on their toes about that I do have high hopes for it to come back, obviously. Who knows when, but... Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully right yeah, around so the corner. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I'm seeing right some around. festivals. Couple months. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing some festivals open up for, like, September, so I hope it sticks. I, I yeah. would love that. Fingers yeah. crossed. Matt, have you guys talked about trying to schedule anything yet, or just yeah, we totally have. We have. We have something tentative. Like, it's, like, cross your fingers hold yeah. your breath <laughs> yeah i hope this works but to your point last year you know we were on tour with kill switch mm-hmm. for three days and then we got sent home the ncaa pulled the tournament live nation shut it down sent us home we dumped our trailer at a self-storage place the day we were supposed to play philly yeah which was a strange and bizarre moment um three days into tour and then it's like oh well we'll get back out this summer yeah you know, yeah that was like, everyone's oh. hope it's like oh just be a few weeks don't yeah. worry about it keep everything going just put on a quick pause and here we are right. a year later 
It's insane. Yeah, it's just insane. over a year later, like we had a a band chat. Um, like we have like a band group chat, and someone texted. I don't know when it was, like March fourteenth. It was like last week, I think. Um, by the time this episode is out, it's maybe two weeks, but. They were like, oh, it's been one year since we played our last Happy show. anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. we just posted uh, a podcast video, actually, of you on the bus, uh, in the back of the bus with Jake. We were recording an episode, and you had just finished a show. It was, I think, your first show with Kill Switch, or maybe your second. I don't remember. And uh, and the, it was literally the the night before the, the whole tour shut down. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. It's like bringing back all the feels right now. Yeah. Oh, God. It's <laughs> insane that it's been Such this long time. already. Yeah, it feels yeah. unreal. Like it, this whole past year was just like some imaginative world that we all <laughs> created. I don't know. What's been cool, though, is that despite, I mean, obviously it's not a good thing that's happening, but w- within it, I feel like I've seen a lot of creativity uh, kind of blossom from it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, we kind of talked before coming into this episode about um, how it's been pushing people to be more creative and, out, you know, think outside of the box and, and try new things. And, and uh, it's been cool for me as someone who is not a touring musician to experience that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. every day there's another like live stream uh, concert and new music coming out. Like we're almost back to the days of singles coming out regularly instead of albums because people are just putting music out and i love it i mean it's again it's like not a good thing but it's like we're We're making making the best yeah we're making making lemonade out of lemons basically yeah speaking of the single thing um because yeah we have we have a whole album that's been done for two years probably Mm. two or three years we started writing it um and we were about to put it out last summer like we were gonna start releasing singles around March, um, which we did, like Friends and Mushy Gushy, those two songs are on the album. So we started yeah. to do some singles and we were going to put out the album. And then our record label was like, no, let's wait, let's hold off until we can tour and do like a full promotional cycle for it. Sure. Um, so we're like, okay, that's cool. You know, we'll wait six months if we have to. And that's what inspired us to do this EP that we have coming out. Yeah. And it's just really cool because that was the first time Carter and I really got to, I mean, we've gotten like so close this past year, like every single day together, like just brutally honest. Like he's my best friend, my brother, all the things he's awesome. (laughs) But so just being like trapped in the basement, you know, it's a little scary, but it, it really helped us like explore our musical creativity together. And I think that was really special. That's awesome. We got to just like sit here in his room and just, write whatever we wanted and didn't yeah. feel like any pressure or like this has to be on this album so we just wrote a bunch of songs and gonna just put them out that's sick so yeah, tell us a little is. bit about that process like what what is it like for you as a not just a drummer but a songwriter mm-hmm. uh you know um what's what's your process for writing and and what went into this ep oh good question um <sighs> I think first and foremost, it really, this past year showed me how much I want to get better with songwriting and even like production. Like I've been producing my own little jams on on the side apart from Chapel. 
Um, but just being able to be here with Carter and like, he's gotten so much better at like writing and producing, engineering, all the things. So me just like seeing that and learning from him and mm. like learning from YouTube videos and other writers, really being able to like experiment and be able to like make the sounds that are in my head has yeah. been really, really cool. And that just for cool. us to like bond more over the music, I think is, has been awesome. That probably that's wouldn't awesome. have happened if, if we were touring a bunch still. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Took full advantage incredible. of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> And in this EP, so this EP is coming out April twenty third. Is that that's correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, that's awesome. And then today, which well, I guess it won't be today when you're hearing this, but today when it's being recorded, uh, your your new video for Wow was released, yeah. right? Yeah, we so released Wow. Go check that out if you're listening. Uh, yeah. That's, the, uh, another really cool thing, um, you know, being able to expand and be creative and all these outlets. So I actually went to film school for two years. And Carter also has a, you know, background of film. So we actually told our record label, we're like, hey, we'll shoot all these videos ourselves if y'all want, you know, save some money. So we like got a camera. And so, yeah, like Pillow Talk is one of our singles that we released. Wow. And First Love, like we shot all the videos ourselves, just the two of us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pillow Talk, actually, when we both had COVID. Really? Yeah, that was... (laughs) That was tough. <laughs> we were very winded, but we yeah. made it work. And I think they turned out pretty cool. That's so awesome. Just, yeah, being able to explore that was cool. Yeah. 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 So I have a question for you. I, I am a, I'm a big fan of Chapel. I, I binged uh, Morning Brunch for like an entire year in 2018. It was on constantly. Windows That's rolled down, awesome. blasting it. Um, it's <laughs> What's just, your favorite it's a, song? Uh, we've got soul, I think. That's a good it's one. So, it's so Those good. are my favorite um, drums. That song. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's 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 so good. I mean, the whole album really, from start to finish, is just fantastic. But uh, one thing that surprised me, so it came on. I think I discovered you guys through Spotify. You were like on a playlist or like uh, an artist playlist that I was listening to, and it came on. Right on. And uh, and so I started listening, and I, and I obviously uh, got attached to it right away. I was shocked. When I looked you guys up and found out that you were a two-piece, um, yeah. what what is like? I, so I've never been in a two-piece band, short of like just playing like acoustic guitar with my friend at a cafe or something. Like, yeah. it's such a foreign concept to be on a stage in front of who knows how many people playing a rock show with yeah. two people. What with what two, is that? Yeah. What's that like? I mean, kind of what you you were saying about the whole warm up, like warming up. Um, situation y'all do because you you go out and you want to you need to perform along with play the songs correctly a lot of it is you know the whole performance of it and there is only two so we have to kind of be more Hmm. you know exhilarant all the things and yeah so it's exhausting but I think at the end of the day it's it's a lot easier I mean we Hmm. are playing to a laptop so Mm -hmm. I mean it's just as long as long as I'm on then it's, I mean, it sounds great for the yeah. most part, you know? And then Carter, yeah. he's just, he's singing. We have all the tracks playing and yeah, it's a good time. And then I don't have all these other dudes that I have to deal with. <laughs> it's just one. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Good and we've gotten less so drama, close to where. Less in band yeah. drama. <laughs> and we're just so, like, we've gotten to a point and it hasn't always been like this. Like, I don't know. I think our chemistry now over the years has, has grown into something so 
awesome and just so special but it definitely wasn't always like this um but now like we're just so honest with each other and we know each other we know each other's families and we know how we work and if you know if he's off one night I'm able to recognize that and then maybe put a little more effort on my end um just because I think the balance between it has to be there so yeah as he does the same I mean if I'm exhausted or hungover or like not feeling it (laughs) then he'll he'll be like yeah like i got you yeah so yeah that's that's a good point though i mean there's just two of you on stage um do you do you feel like it's i mean obviously it's more difficult to fill the stage yeah because there are just two of you do you Mm -hmm. do you feel like the expectation is lower when you walk out that people think okay there's just two that's blow them away like we can, yeah. we can show them how much energy we have and, and how exciting we are to watch. I will admit that is, that is definitely one comment that we get quite often. It's like, just for two of you, like you can really put on a show, right. which I think is, is one of the most important things besides yeah. making it sound good. Um, I mean, people go for a show, they spend their money to, you know, be odd. Be entertained. So to be entertained. So, and Carter does very well at that. He is wild throwing himself every which way of the stage and (laughs) yeah but I think yeah that is a huge part of it especially just being two of us we kind of got to step it up a little bit but it's fun it's 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 tough who are some of your your influences uh maybe even outside of drumming like from a performance standpoint um I'm not gonna lie to you Matt definitely probably you (laughs) as drumming goes (laughs) Um, thank you yeah just so solid and always nailing it um performance I've been a big fan of Quinn 92 lately I don't know if you guys know who that is he's just I don't know like his rhythms and his beats and just the way like he's moving on stage I think is awesome Hmm. um yeah I don't know that's tough what about you? <laughs> do you do you remember do you remember sitting in? Um, I just thought of this. It, this takes me way back. We were playing in I want to say Michigan at Grand Rapids. the Grand Rapids. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? I think I do. We we played a venue. I think it's called the Intersection. Yep. Is that right? Yes. And we were listening to music in the van. Um, and th- that's when I showed you the new band. That's when you showed me Fair the new weapon. band. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah. Cause that's we what I just thought. finished an album. It's dude, it, that whole chapter of my life was wild. <laughs> so I'll summarize it, but I was, I was in college. I was in my second year of college and I was doing the whole YouTube video thing, like the, the drum covers, um, basically just doing that. So I could find a band like that was right. my, that was my way to connect with someone other than a local band. Um, And so, yeah, by doing that, I got connected with some dudes down in Atlanta. I was living in Michigan at the time. And I think it was Dave Shapiro. He, he like called me out of the blue one day. I was doing my algebra homework. I'm like, I hate my life. He calls (laughs) me. He's like, Hey, I have a band for you. We're going to fly you down to Florida, record an album with Tom Denny legend. And you're going on tour this fall. I'm like, Okay, cool, cool. No big deal. 
cool. And <laughs> so we, yeah, it, I flew down uh, to Florida and it was just Tom and I for a week straight. Um, just him and I, and we like had these songs, tracked drums and we had a whole album done. And then I think it was that summer that I went to your show and we were catching up and then I showed you the album and yeah, that was a very cool feeling. That was a very good summer. <laughs> what, what is it that got you? I mean, obviously you're really excited about, you know, not just drumming, but just this, this world of music, what oh, yeah. would be considered alternative music? You know, it's, it's not, it's not, you're not listening to what the majority of people listen to and you're in love with it. What, yeah. what got you started in this, on, on this road? I want to say, I think my first, so my brother, he, he had all the instruments when I was growing up and I'd always sneak into his bedroom when he wasn't home oh, nice. and I would like, I would take his, his guitar, like fiddle around. I didn't know what I was doing clearly, but he had a bass guitar and then he had a drum set. So I'd always sneak in and then he listened to a lot of cool music. He was listening to like Green Day and Blink-182 and I was like, I want to be like him. Like, that's really cool. I'm into this. <laughs> And then I think my first big show was Paramore and Jimmy wow. World. I was probably like 12, I think. Huge. That's huge. And it, it was massive. And I was just like, I want to do that. Like, mm. I, I want to be on stage. I want to I be in a band and I want to tour. I think that's like, that's exactly what I was like telling everybody. Like, I want to be in a band and I want to tour. And that's that. I don't care how. I don't care what that looks like. I just want to do it. And I mm. think, yeah, that was the biggest like eye opener for me was that concert. Yeah. I was talking to JB a couple months ago, uh, the guitarist in my band, and we were talking about when you start a band, your goal is to, um, your goal isn't really outlined in what it's mm -hmm. going to be like to be in a band, right? But you you realize what you start a band for when you go through a year like 2020. In other words, um, no live shows, maybe a live stream show, lots of time at home and working on new songs and recording, maybe if you're fortunate. Maybe. And yeah. so JB and I were talking about this and we both said, we both agreed that it feels like we're treading water. And in fact, you, you wouldn't start a band necessarily if you knew that this is what a band would be like. So I want to ask you if, if starting a band meant 2020, where you're writing music, you're working to release it, maybe you're working at your instrument, would you have started a band? That's a really good question. As, let's see, as a teenager, probably not. Just because, you know, the one thing you want to do is tour and play for people. Um, but within, you know, past five years-ish, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, having that bond with another human, like creating songs and just being vulnerable in a room and writing music that really like speaks to you and gives you the goosebumps and, you know, making something out of nothing, I think is like yeah. one of the coolest things that anyone can do. So, yeah, even if even if touring never happened again, God forbid, I would definitely always still want to do the band and writing music and that whole thing yeah are yeah. are you the kind of person um who likes to be in the spotlight or would you rather be sitting behind a drum set and and not have the spotlight on you 
it kind of depends on the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like some, like sometimes. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. And like sometimes I like to think of myself like super introverted. Like I definitely have not minded just staying in my room a lot and reading and you know yeah. doing all these things just for myself. Um, but then there also are the times where, like I I feel really cool and I want to play drums and I want to like entertain people and want them to be like, oh my god, that's so awesome! Like I want to do that. So I think it's, yeah, yeah good balance of awesome. both. But that's good. Yeah, that's I don't, a good I don't place mind to it. be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to be. It's it's interesting how when you're in a band, uh, there is such a wide range of personalities in the band. Whereas in your yeah. case, there's there's just two. There's just actually. two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's just two of you. That's so true. it's like, oh, what are we like? There's only two of us. We get yeah. along well. That's, that's good. And Hopefully, it's perfect because we're totally like we're so opposite in those You're ways yeah. carter's definitely more of like the homebody you know like just doing his own thing and i i'm always kind of like traveling i'm always like seeing my people because i have i have family everywhere and just mm. yeah i don't necessarily like to stay put in one place for too long um but yeah that's where i think we work out really well so we have the yin and yang of it yeah 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 that's awesome. really cool i'm glad to hear that yeah thanks it's yeah. Cool. yeah it's special found awesome. myself a good friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's something about being creative too with other people that is rewarding mm-hmm. you know uh, i've talked a lot on about this on the podcast you know just in general like if you're not doing as a creative person if you're not being creative um usually the worst comes out in you <laughs> you know i know that for yeah. myself if i haven't created something uh music specifically if i haven't created music uh i'm a i'm not a fun person to be around and um but on the you know adverse side uh if i'm creating music all the time i am the i'm the best version of myself and yeah. um when you can share that with somebody um you know co-writing especially is something that uh, a lot of people have trouble with because you have to get vulnerable as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be, uh, you have to open up to really dig out the good, <laughs> the good stuff. Um, and that's tough to be vulnerable and transparent with, with other people unless you have that relationship. So it's cool to see that you have that with Carter. Um, yeah. I know Matt has that with, uh, with his band and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's so important. Yeah. It's like a therapy session every yeah. time <laughs> it really That's is a great way to put it yeah. yeah yeah i know i know you write a lot of lyrics for august burns red um yeah lyrics is the one thing i'm so bad at though like it it takes so much out of me because i think what you're saying it's very vulnerable and it's real and you have to dive into the places in your brain that you know sometimes you, you push aside or you haven't said hi to her in a long time and you got to bring mm-hmm. a lot of those things out in a mm-hmm. cool way that people will, you know, be able to relate and yep. understand in a way. That's tough. Yeah, lyrics are not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know how good Matt's lyrics were until we started this podcast because I couldn't understand what Jake was screaming. <laughs> and then he's, he's, I, I had more of a reason to actually like read them, and they're great. Matt's a great lyricist. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I Thank you, guys. I, um... <laughs> This brings up an interesting point that I want to talk about. Um, Do you think that the world would be a better place 
if everyone had a drum set in quotation marks. So in other words, if everyone had a thing, their thing. An outlet type thing. An, an mm. outlet. For me, it's drums. But certainly I think the argument could be made that if everyone felt the same way we do after we are creative or after we've challenged ourselves ourselves with our instrument, um, people wouldn't take out aggression or feel at a loss uh, and and make toxic scenarios out of situations that don't need to be toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, do you do you think there's something to be said about that? Uh, the, the, the fact that not everybody has has an outlet. Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of like so many people and it's so sad, but like get into their routine. They have their shitty job that they couldn't care less about, but they have to do it in order to survive and, you know, be there for their family and all those things. But people just get so used to doing the everyday circle of just yeah like purely just like living and yeah no that that sucks and I, I really do think if anyone had even just like a little bit of an outlet whether that be going to a driving range gun range of you know driving a car even just anything just to be able to like let loose and maybe just like let some aggression let some emotions out mm -hmm. I think the world would be a way better place yeah, yeah. Really I mean, it's it sounds tongue in cheek to say the world would be a better place, but I I really legitimately believe that it would be um, because yeah. I didn't know that not everybody had a drum set. Once again, Some, in quotation marks, like yeah. you know, years ago when mm -hmm. I was playing drums, one day I, f I forget what happened. Tim, I've talked to you about this before, but like I was talking to someone about how much I love drumming and how challenge. It's by far the hardest thing I've ever done. By far, Absolutely. nothing is even <laughs> close. No, in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, I was talking to them about it, expecting them to respond with something that they felt the same way about. And they're yeah. just like, wait, really? That's, that is uh, a factual thing in your life. Like everything you're saying is real. You're not just making this. I was like, no, this is, this is, this is it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the thing I love. And I realized that day, this is probably a decade ago. I guess I just had never thought about it that some people to your point, um, just go through the grind and mm -hmm. they they don't ever whether it's an opportunity thing or a lack of opportunity um whether it's um a lack of drive to sort of get outside the box which might be more of a personality thing yeah you know whatever it is i really do feel like i f i fell into this opportunity to play drums and then mm -hmm. from there that was the vehicle that you know, obviously took me to ABR and everything else, but first was drums that, that was there in the beginning. And, mm -hmm. um, I just saw drums one day. I saw someone playing drums and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. Cool. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want to do. It <laughs> doesn't look too bad. <laughs> that looks no, fun. I think, I think like a lot of people as kids, you know, have all these like interests and these hobbies and they're like, Oh, when I get older, I want to do that. But I mean, life bites you in the ass and you have to in you know some cases come back down to earth and I feel like a lot of people are like oh well that was just that was just me as a kid those are my wants and desires when I was younger but it's not realistic to make that happen or to you know bring that back into my life and that just sure it that's just a sucks. great point yeah Th that's a great point so some of it is things happen outside of your control in your life you know mm -hmm. 
like for example i had i had a great family my parents did an awesome job of supporting me um so right there i mean you're you're already mm -hmm. ahead of the eight ball um and a lot of people don't have that so what yep. what what would you say to someone um namely like we'll probably talk about this a little bit but like f females um you know girls in the music industry what would you say to someone who is aspiring to be in a position like you're in who's who's i mean i'm looking at your screen you have an sm uh <laughs> seven the joe rogan mic you have a, a sweet studio rig behind you you're in a sweet band you're an awesome drummer you've been complimented by the singer of architects like life's <laughs> life's pretty good when it comes to music yeah. so like what do you have to say to someone who's looking at that going there's no way i could climb that mountain i would crumble somewhere in the middle i'm not even going to start wow um well thank you for all that yeah i it is definitely something i do not take for granted and i you know i do the whole little gratitude thing every day and i really do like i'm so beyond thankful for everything that life has brought me but it definitely does not come overnight you know and a lot of times especially like in today's world like with 2020 like so many people want things now like mm -hmm. if they don't see, you know, it turning out well, like they're not going to do it. Or if it's too much work, they're not going to do it. But I think it's just really knowing like what your heart wants to do. And even if it doesn't make sense, just to keep doing it. And it doesn't even mm. have to be an everyday thing. I mean, there are plenty of even months that go by where I don't feel like playing drums. But like that's okay. And that's just being human and all those yeah. things but I think just knowing that the best things in life do take time and just and just to keep at it and even when shit gets like dark or it looks like it's not gonna happen or anything like that just to keep doing it as cliche as that is just to just to keep on moving forward yeah that's know? great advice yeah it is it it speaks to the consistency with uh, that, that we've talked about Tim where if, mm -hmm. if, if you do a little thing every day it's a, it becomes a big thing in the end, but it, it requires yep. mm -hmm. that consistency. It really does. Just keep, keep doing it, you know, and to yeah. your point, like take a couple months off of something that's a good thing so that you can come back to it yeah. eventually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, so yeah, that kind of segues awesome. nicely into a, a question that I had for you. We asked uh, Sarah Thauer this question uh, when she Love was her. on the show last She's year. She's the best. Um, and she, she is was, the best. We realized... <laughs> when we were recording she was the first female that we've ever had on the show and you're now the second <laughs> so i want to ask you because uh everyone has a different experience and i'm just curious what's what's your experience been like as a female in a predominantly male drumming field um have you found it to be uh difficult or is it easier to stand out i'm just curious like what yeah. your experience has been like to be completely honest um it has been a little easier to stand out. I mean, especially when I like started putting up YouTube covers and I'm playing along to Matt's drums parts and people are like, wait, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I don't see too many girls doing this. Yeah. So that alone, you know, put me a little bit like higher than, you know, some of the dudes doing it just because you see guys playing drums every day. Like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. But then I guess to see a chick any chick just rocking out it's like oh holy shit like that's that's <laughs> awesome yeah so i mean it's it's been weird just 
you know, especially touring, because, I mean, you're on tour with 99% dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of hard to find that, like, em- like emotional, not support, but buddy, I guess, on mm-hmm. tour, just because you're surrounded by all these other people. But, yeah, I really, I am very glad that I am a woman. <laughs> yeah. You can say. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's kind of pushed me to, like, get better and do and you know try to learn different techniques and really push myself more to stand out even more as a woman i guess i think okay i really appreciate your response to that um and i think it brings up a point about that can be said about our society so Mm -hmm. in the last couple years there is an influx of female drummers on instagram at least right Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems as if their their skill level is not always um competent with you know the 99% like you're saying all the dudes that are playing drums that you're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And 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 so to your point uh the expectation isn't there yet. It's it's increasing, right? There are more yeah. female drummers. There's 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 more skill in all areas. Um, but I'm just wondering what, what is your reaction when you go on Instagram and you see a girl that has 300,000 followers and she's just not that good at drums? Is it, are you looking at that going, this is awesome that we are supporting and championing, uh, Mm. this girl clearly, um, because she's a female, not solely because of her ability to play. Does that make sense? It does. And that's, and that's a tricky question because part of me is like, hell yes, I don't even care your skill set. just you putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you're getting the views for a reason, right? And whatever reason that may be, that's awesome. All, all respect to you. But then the other part of it is I do kind of hate that it is such a gender specified thing and people Mm -hmm. only are watching this because she's a female oh because Mm -hmm. she looks hot doing it and that takes away from like the musicianship of it so it's it is tricky i mean yeah it's just a weird world weird world we live in it's funny how when you overcome some kind of adversity another challenge is kind of thrown right at you right mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean this is this goes this is across the board for everybody not Absolutely. just females but but it's just interesting seeing it because that's my exact reaction is is your reaction like this is great this i love awesome. this i'm so glad you're getting attention um but at the same time it's like well now you have to come against like oh well she's just getting attention because of this and this yeah. and it's like why do we like why does there always have to be something like yeah why does it have to be a thing just <laughs> yeah. let her do what she wants to do Right. Yeah, <laughs> but, then, exactly. but then there exactly. are also very talented people who, you know, aren't looking the certain way that someone would, mm-hmm. and then their their talent is through the through the roof, and they're not getting right. any attention because, yep, they're wearing a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so um, <laughs> this is, I think this is an area we can be critical um, for the for the good, not to mm-hmm. be destructive but to benefit drummers of of all genders, right? So it's like you're an amazing drummer and you're a female. Two things can be true at the same time. Um, yeah. I think that when you see a girl who's playing drums on Instagram who's not that good at drums, you can say this is a good thing 
to Tim's point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can also say we need to acknowledge the skill, the skill level and call something good that's good and something that can be improved, you know, uh, room for progress. Because yes. I think to, to do otherwise disqualifies and discredits someone with your ability. And it sort of says, well, you know, you're a female drummer just like that other female drummer. It doesn't really matter what your ability is. That's not true at all. You've worked yeah. so long and so hard to be where you are as a drummer. And your ability is pro Right. And so I think we need to acknowledge that in someone like you. And when we Mm -hmm. use such a broad stroke and say it's all good, I think I think we take away from the ability to make a proper judgment about someone's skill level. And in the end, we do a disservice to the entire movement. And and so I want to champion, you know, people that that have (laughs) the ability to play and also at the same time champion this movement of girls who are playing drums because that's freaking awesome it yeah. is freaking awesome and it's kind of a new thing like like i said like it's just in the past couple of years you see at least on instagram like oh yeah you were mm-hmm. one of the first i feel like 10 years ago you know eight I years guess ago in, in this in this scene i'll say maybe yeah maybe one of i mean there's i know jess bowen she is a queen love her um jess bowen's great but like older than me there there really hasn't been that many and I got this question earlier today is like who when growing up like who did you look up to behind the kit on stage like female wise and I was like to be honest like there wasn't and I think that may have been a spark for me as well is that I didn't see any female behind the drums I would only see like a front woman um so I was like hey like is this is this even possible you know is this even like a thing Hmm. that I could do and I would like have that you know that front initial thought but then I was like no like I I want to play drums I love it I don't know why but I do and it just just kind of made it happen but no it is very cool to see the numbers of female drumming drummers really like skyrocket the past couple years Hmm. oh okay so here's the end of this point for me that I want to hit home with you um I have a friend named Bubba Wallace he drives NASCAR and he comes out to our he comes out to our shows he's a drummer um, he bought a Griner Kilmer kit years ago, like just continually blows my mind that a NASCAR driver is a friend of mine and owns one of my <laughs> drum sets. How can that be? I grew up on NASCAR. I wow. still love That's NASCAR. Yeah. Um, and so this guy, so, you know, we've become friends and, and he, he, he'll talk to me sometimes about how he does interviews and he can't stand that people want to talk about race all the time. It's like their lead off question, right? So he's African American mm-hmm. and he's a NASCAR driver. And of course there aren't a lot of African American NASCAR drivers. There there has been one, I think, in the past, but obviously it's a very low percentage. Mm-hmm. Um and it makes me think of it makes me think of the topic that we're talking about, which is I want to talk to you about your ability to play drums or your ability to perform. Um I don't really want to talk to you about the the thing that is kind of a non-issue. It's it it yeah. it doesn't affect the fact. It doesn't you know take you up a level or down a level that you are a female it's just in my how mind. I don't even yeah. I don't see it. Like yeah. I, I I don't think about it. I don't see it. I don't I don't really want to talk about. it. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Baba. Like he, I think his response typically is like, 
I, I mean, I just want to be the fastest NASCAR driver. Like, I, I, yeah. I just want to talk NASCAR. Like, I just want to you know do what it. I mean? yeah. 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 And I, wow. I want that for you and I want that for Sarah because mm-hmm. uh, from what I've heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that's what you want. Yeah. That's absolutely. what you want just to be seen for what you're creating and what you're perfecting and what's challenging you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's so interesting. I remember like when I first started doing the YouTube thing, almost every comment was like, Oh, you're so good for a girl. Oh my God. I've never seen a woman play like you. I'm like, why can't you just say that's garbage. Like that's it. Like that's all you need to say. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily love those comments. I mean, I don't, it is what it is, you know, I'm clearly a woman doing all the things, but yeah, it is. It is just interesting that so many people like that's the first and kind of only thing they see. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Know, I do think we're moving into a, in, into a better way of seeing that, though. I think just with yeah. more female drummers coming up and even just everything with the whole just being yourself and just living your own life. I mm-hmm. think, and especially this whole past year, like people. I feel like started to kind of care a little less about those things and just more about like, Hey, she's been dedicated her whole life to this craft. Like that's what we're going to look at. That's what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. I do think it is getting better, which is cool. There's that no is good. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is, I think it's an important thing to talk about and I'm really grateful that you'll talk about it with us because Absolutely. on this podcast, it's just Tim and I, and we're just, we try to <laughs> yeah. do our best with, with, our, our thing with this podcast is like we want to champion people uh, or groups of people who we feel like need support or need defended, you know? Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of been a, a running theme with what we've done here. We haven't really thought about it. So to have someone like you on who has just such a grounded mindset and is in it for the right reasons is, is mm-hmm. reassuring for me as someone who has this podcast we just try try to do our best and it's like oh yeah (laughs) i feel like i feel like this is in line with um tim what you've been teaching me you know and what our our listeners have been teaching us um yeah about how to do better how to be better um Mm -hmm. and so it's it's really cool it's really cool to hear your perspective on it i'm really proud of you thanks matt i i appreciate that a lot more than you know so yeah yeah no it's cool and I don't always get I don't always get the the time I guess to necessarily talk about a lot of these things I mean most times we're doing you know if we're doing an interview it's about chapel it's about the songs which is awesome like I love that it's my band but it is also (laughs) cool to have and especially like with you two like I really feel like we're just like kicking it in the living room like having a beer just chatting (laughs) which is awesome swimming Um, pools outside that's where we're headed next there you go you know we might write it we might write a jam tonight who knows (laughs) who knows tim but there is actually a swimming pool to courtney's right oh they're totally listening to this (laughs) uh (laughs) you should yeah you should see this setup it's it's pretty awesome i'm a little jealous not gonna lie yeah it's wild i'm beyond fortunate i really am yeah that's That's awesome awesome. you you deserve it so cool so we're, we're going to transition here into um, our two inner circle questions, if that's all right, Courtney. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So cool, cool. Uh, the inner circle is a group of drummers or just 
people actually, not all drummers, who support I think us. There's more non-drummers, <laughs> believe it or Love not. Non-drummers are the inner circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of non-drummers. <laughs> so uh, Tim reached out, and we heard back from from Brendan Harris and Patrick Spence. And uh, Brendan Harris asks, "Where did the food theme for Sunday brunch come from?" <laughs> Oh, it's been a minute since we got that. Um, the food thing. To be completely honest, we we were looking for a, a subject for the album, right? We had all these songs done. And we're like, we need something really good. Something yeah. that really people understand, people connect with. And this was at the time where I wasn't living with Carter. I would always come to visit. He was still here in Georgia. I would always come to visit and every weekend, his dad would make us this massive breakfast, this massive brunch um, on the weekends. And it just, I think we were just sitting there together one day and we were like, dude, what if we just like called it Sunday brunch? Like, cause that is, it's just <laughs> something that you kind of always look forward to. And that it's just like a, yeah. like a neutral part of your life that you're just like, I don't know. I mean, everyone looks forward to it and it's just a, it's a happy feeling type of moment. So I think it just, we said it and it just kind of stuck. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> and who doesn't like bacon, dude? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. That. And then our, our second question is from Patrick and he asks, uh, is there a defining moment where you knew drumming started to feel as natural as breathing, like a, a new skill learned, an adjustment to technique, or anything that led to the aha, uh, found my flow moment? I don't. I I can't pinpoint like a day or a technique or or one thing I've learned, but I think it was it was around the time of. I'll say like junior, senior year of high school where I really started, like I was going to shows every single weekend. Um, I had such a community with my friends. Um, like it's like, you know, back in the day you're like, Oh, I'm going to the mall this weekend. We'd be at the mall. Like everyone's at the mall, but this was like, everyone was at the shows always. Mm. And it was the coolest yep. thing. And it just, it really started to inspire me so much, which was like more than drums you know, just the whole community mm. and like the power behind music. And I think yeah. that's really when it started to hit. Um, that's also when I started to take on some August Burns Red songs and <laughs> learn a lot. <laughs> and I think just forcing myself to like learn those, which was it, crazy parts, just the coolest, craziest, wildest parts, but to like make yourself do it. And like, I don't know, just force yourself to like learn all these new things it really started to hit me and I was like yo like this hmm. it was kind of like a big wave like it would slowly mm. happen all these little things and then it would just kind of just took over and I was like I am in love with this <laughs> you know that's killer I can relate to that for sure yeah yeah it was yeah. an awesome community I mean your local shows was just it was it was so much better than going to the local football you know high school football games or Oh yeah. Whatever else people did, I mean, it was like, no, this is way cooler, and it's yeah. my thing. You know, this yeah. is our thing. No one understands it, but it's my damn thing. And that's, <laughs> yeah. And I do think, yeah, having that. Yeah. Like just having that community, it just it gives it gives drums and music more of like a purpose, and it just it fills you up in different ways than. Yeah. Just you know picking up something and just playing in your room or whatever. It just, I think you need a little bit of all of it. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So even outside of the local community, I've loved seeing like, I mean, it, wherever you go, if you find out someone's a musician or especially a drummer mm-hmm. in our case, oh, yeah. there's just an automatic like, I get you. Yeah. Like homies. We got, you know, mm-hmm. and there's also like this unspoken like challenge to be a better drummer but <laughs> you know no matter how good they are it's like oh i need to be i need to be better i need to play as as good as possible but um th- that community especially now that social media is so ingrained in our society you know um i've connected with so many cool people uh like on instagram and on facebook just because of drumming yeah yeah which is so powerful when you think about it like just this instrument has connected me to people all over the world and they're the coolest people and I never would have met them had it not been for this instrument. It is wild. I mean we wouldn't be having this conversation or this podcast if it wasn't for this instrument. Yeah. And (laughs) I wild I don't I don't know this world because I'm not really in it, but like I feel it compared to even like guitarists or singers or bass players. Like I don't do bassists have like this whole community of (laughs) like I don't know. They they might. It's probably cooler than ours, but they might it is just (laughs) such a thing. And I love it. Like the drumming community is just it's a beautiful place to be. It is. They might. It is. It's probably cooler than ours. <laughs> I mean, they're bassists, so. Bassists get knocked on more than any other uh, musician. Oh, yeah. I will say, yeah. if I didn't guys. play drums, I would a thousand percent play bass. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. That's cool. Just the rhythm <laughs> of it. And just to be yeah. able to, like, throw yourself around stage, I think would be really fun. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, some of the best musicians I know are bass players. Yeah. So, you know. It's that rhythm section, man. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on, Courtney. Uh, for any of you listening, uh, make sure you go check out Courtney's band, Chapel, at Chapel USA. Um, and uh, make sure you follow Courtney as well, at Courtney Grinwis. So um, you're you're not going to be... Uh, upset with what you see there <laughs> that's right um, uh, <laughs> no thank, thank you so you much Courtney seriously so been... much for having me I was I've been looking forward to this the all two days so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really have this is this is very cool appreciate yeah, you guys it is awesome thank you thank you so much yeah. for coming on here and uh yes. you know being a part of it I know it's going to be a favorite for our you know for our listeners so yeah Right Thank on. you so much. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again sometime <laughs> in the future For after sure. COVID and all that stuff. Once we get back yeah, to touring definitely. and all that. But. Well, we'll actually do an interview by the pool next time. Hey. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or not even an interview, just a conversation. We're just going to chat. I love it. Crack open a, open a beer. Yeah. A thousand percent. We got to right. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding you to it, Tim. I'm holding you to it. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thanks right for listening. On. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Because we've got so Thank you so much for listening to Holy Ghost Notes. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Courtney Grimwis. We just want to thank Courtney for coming on our show, spending yeah. some time with us. Thank you. Um, 
amazing drummer and just very cool to know that there's someone out there like Courtney who who really cares about what she's doing and is able to work through a year like 2020 um, in a creative way and be transparent enough, you know, after the fact to talk about it with us. Right. It was like, yeah, we got, we got to see what it was like to be Courtney and, and you could tell that she's just a genuine person, even on mm -hmm. kind of a, uh, stoic format or medium, like a podcast, you could still, yeah. you, you could still hear her authenticity shine mm -hmm. through. So thank you, Courtney. We appreciate yeah. you very much. And we really appreciate all you guys checking this episode out. Yeah, for sure. So this episode actually, uh, so it falls on March 25th, which uh, coincidentally is the first uh, episode one was released on March 25th in 2019. So this is our, this is technically our two year anniversary, even though we started the podcast before this, this is mm -hmm. the actual episode date of our two year anniversary. Um, so huge thank you to all of you who have been listening for, uh, since the beginning or listening at all, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a pretty long journey. We've been through a lot in the last two years, um, in life and, We've discussed a lot of really cool topics on this podcast, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So mm -hmm. um, I've grown a lot as a person because of it, and um, it's kind of a you know a highlight of the last two years for me. So so thank you all for being a part of it um, to I guess commemorate or celebrate this two year uh, milestone. Um, we decided we are going to um, give everybody fifteen percent off um, at our web store. Um, the uh, shop.theholyghostnotes.com. So if you use the code holy two years, uh, number two, holy number two years, um, at your at the checkout, um, you type that code in and you'll get 15% off your entire purchase. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be good through the end of April. So um, so check that out if you're interested. Uh, we've got some cool stuff up there. And uh, would love for you guys to not have to pay full price. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that web store is uh, a huge uh, feat, um, and that's primarily thanks to our inner circle, our uh, patron group. Um, so if you're interested in finding out about that, it's patreon.com slash holyghostnotes, uh, and that gives you access at a variety of different tiers to... Uh, a number of different incentives and um we've got an amazing community group we actually just um added discord to the list of <laughs> ways of communicating and, and staying in touch and um it's just an amazing group of people and um yeah if you're interested check it out i actually have a couple new uh shout outs to do for uh new supporters uh so our first is zachary crucker and the second is frank lemon uh, so thank you guys so much for your support. Welcome to the Inner Circle. Um, and I'll just go right into the rest of the stuff. I've got a stockpile of some awesome uh, drum videos sitting on my phone waiting to be posted. Um, and That's that awesome. And that is because you guys are using the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes on your drum videos. So uh, I can't wait, wait to post some of these, uh, but definitely keep doing it. It's been so much fun watching these, and, and you guys are just... Uh, so awesome. <laughs> I mean, so many good drummers yeah. that uh, I'm, I am uh, finding because of this hashtag. So 
Uh, so keep it up. Keep posting. And if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, drop us a line. Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate every one of you listeners, Patreon, Inner Circle member or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope you have a great day. That's right. It's that time. Peace. Peace.